for today, and we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to receive all that you have for us. God, the blood of Jesus is all we needed. And Lord, you've covered us. And not only did you cover us in your blood, but you also filled us with your spirit. So now every situation and circumstance we face has to come face to face with you. And I thank you, Lord, that we can take heart and nothing can intimidate us because of who is in us. And I pray that you would speak to your children called by your name, created in your image. And I pray that you would strengthen them today. Lord, that you'd encourage them today. And that every time the enemy says, I've got you, you can tell him, I'm covered. And I thank you, Lord, that we're covered, therefore he cannot take. The enemy cannot take what has now been covered and protected by God. Man has tried to curse what God has blessed, but what God has blessed, man cannot curse. No one can curse. And I thank you, God, that because of the blessing that's been put on each and every one of us, no curse can come upon us. And I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you that you redeemed us from the curse. And Lord, we get to stand in your grace today. I want to read a scripture to you, and then we're going to be seated here in just a second. Uh, it comes from a well-known uh, story, uh, a book that many teach from and some are aware of. It's from the Old Testament, the book of Judges. Judges chapter 6, verse 11. It says this, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the tabernacle tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Lord is with you. You mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, oh Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. And the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. Because obviously he had some passion. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for everything that you've done and everything that you're going to do. I pray that you'd lead us, guide us, direct us, and help us to see that you are sending us. And Lord, I thank you for what you have done. Lord, because that means the best is yet to come. Because you don't go in reverse, and you don't do less than. You do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that we could ever ask, think, or imagine. And I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you that somebody here today is going to awaken the warrior within them and be called into the equation, Lord, for the cause that you have created for them. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to speak to the depths of who they are and unlock new potential, new strength, and show them they're stronger than they think they are. They're better than they think they are. They're healthier than they think they are. They're smarter than they think they are. Amen. Hallelujah. That we're, we're better than we think we are, Lord. And I thank you, God, that we are. In Jesus' name, everybody who's ready to receive said a good amen. 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 All right. <clears throat> good to be with you here in person and online. Thank you for tuning in online. Our home churches, we're mailing out our church in the boxes. People are so excited about those wonderful things. Uh, uh, we also have another gift for you. Because we had so many announcements, Rob and I uh, kind of split them up, and I just took one. This is in your seat. Everybody wave it. Go ahead and wave your little, you're probably sitting on it. Stop passing gas on that thing. Pull it up right here. Here we go. And just go ahead, wave it in the air. This is a, a free tool for you, your family, your loved ones. It's a free gift for everybody. It's, it's pretty much like giving a $50 subscription uh, to every single person who comes to our church to what's called Right Now Media. And Right Now Media is going to have a platform like a, a Hulu or a Netflix, and it's going to have every uh, Christian movie, uh, cartoon, uh, devotional, sermon, Bible study, book, everything you've ever heard of, it's on this platform right here. And free, you don't have to buy another Christian book, it's free to you guys. Come on, that's wonderful. And now... Every guest, every guest who uh, starts attending Bridge Church, this is their free gift. They get a free gift from Bridge Church just for coming to the church. Why? Because we're called to make disciples. And it's, we, need to, we need to help equip the saints for every good work of the Lord. 
And so that's what we're called to do. And so I, I, I'm thankful that we have this wonderful opportunity uh, to, to celebrate and to, to give and to bless so many wonderful people. It's Father's Day, y'all. And it is wonderful. I love Father's Day because it's my first Father's Day. But I love Father's Day because we get to, yeah, we get to honor dads. Well, let me just talk to, to the men for just a second before we even begin the message. Guys, a lot of dads are used to going to church on Father's Day only to be told about their shortcomings and not how not good they are. Let me just tell you, this, this little bony church finger right here that I have will not be pointed at you. Somebody said amen right there. We're not, I'm not, I want to preach up. I want to talk about how great our dads are. And if I mention anything that needs to be corrected or redirected, I'm talking to all those sinners who are not here. Because all of you are wonderful saints and perfect people. I, I want to talk to you today from the book of uh, uh, Judges with the story of Gideon. And I, the title of my message is Every Warrior. I want you to write that down. Every Warrior. I'm going to talk to you about some things that every warrior needs to be aware of and every warrior needs to be. And well, we got some women warriors in here. Do we have any? Like... <laughs> Somebody ought to, we should have, should have spoken in tongues. I was like, no, 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 no. I didn't know what was happening. I went, let it go, wait, girls, go ahead. <laughs> women warriors out there going wild. We got women warriors. There are women warriors in the Bible. There are women shepherds in the Bible. Everybody who teaches that women can't do what men do need to read the Bible a little more. Uh, because the, the Bible shows us that women can do. And this is not a, just a statement of equality. This is a statement of creation. God created him, man and woman, and it was good. He didn't look at land and be like, that was good. Look at woman like, this is pretty good. It was both good. And guess what? Jesus paid a price once for all, not once for man and then a little bit less for women. Jesus paid the price once for all. So don't twist scripture into thinking women can't do what men can do. It only talks about in the area of accountability with women speaking or teaching or leading. That's only the only place. Women can preach, teach, and lead and do all kinds of stuff. But the only area is the area of accountability. It's not healthy for a woman to be accountable over a man and vice versa. Okay? So that's just some truth. Is that okay? So just because if, if the lie is what held you captive from a perspective on how you see Jesus and how you see the Bible, then it's the truth. Okay. Second service, y'all are like ready to preach with me. This is really good. Feeling cute. Might preach a little. <laughs> okay, here we go. When you look at the story of Gideon, if you don't know it, the story of Gideon is this young man who's a part of a small family, no good pedigree, um, the smallest family, poorest family, and, and, and Gideon gets called into action. He has a lot of excuses, and, and as we just read a piece of this story, he continues to test God, challenge God. God calls him into the equation to free the children of Israel from the Midianites. Now, when they get the freedom that Gideon would soon uh, ensue and, and, and take, uh, they would have it for 40 years. Somebody say a generation. This is a generational message. Some of the things that you need to fight today are so we can win tomorrow. When you battle it in your life, your next generation won't have to keep fighting it in their life. In fact, what it'll be is it'll be much easier for them than it was for you. And so it's like the neural pathways in your mind. A first thought is a difficult thought, but a, a 3,000th thought is a neural pathway, a neural highway in your mind. And it's the same thing generationally. When you learn how to beat something, it's much easier to teach you. It's difficult to teach your children something you never won. So when you start winning these battles, you're going to start being able to overcome. So it was generational. So write down that down, generational. So it's a generational victory that every warrior needs to be in perspective of. That's why the Bible says, you ever heard the phrase, a three-stranded cord is not easily broken? That's why, listen, let me tie all of Scripture together for you. That's why he said, what did he say? He said, I am the God of, where am I feeling? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Generational. Why did he say I, the me, the Father, the Holy Spirit? Three gener, uh, not generational, but three stranded cord. And so generational. So you need to stop thinking about just you and start thinking about the one who came before you and the one who's coming behind you. Because a three stranded cord is not talking about you, your spouse, and God. It's talking about how the three generations tied together. God cannot. It, 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 what, Christianity. I, this isn't even part of my message. That's the Holy Spirit taking me somewhere else. That's why I said I might preach a little bit. But we go, I, uh, when you feel this, uh, let, let me just hear this. Because 
the, this, this whole perspective on generational uh, uh, breakthrough is, is, is powerful. It, it's, it's so strong. It's so, it's so encouraging to say, okay, we need to not just think about how our church is doing and how our new building fund is going to do. Our building is not for you. Our building's not for me. Our building is for the next generation. Why? Because, listen, listen, Christianity is the worst at retention in, 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 in when it comes from generation to generation. We have the lowest retention rate, less than 20%. Less than 20%. Somebody say, whoa, come on, parents, we need to hear this. Because, look, if some of you, you got raised up and you got your parents and they drug you to church. Come on. Come on. Who drug you to church? And you, and you grew up and you're like, my parents made me go to church. That's why I didn't go to church. And now I'm back at church because I feel like the Lord led me to church. Guess what? It's because your parents drug you to church. You ought to know it's okay to be drugged to church. That paralyzed little paralytic man didn't have a say in the equation when his friends showed up and said, I'm dragging your butt to Jesus. And then you know what? Oh, the door's not going to work? I'm going to cut a hole in this roof and I'm going to drop you down to Jesus. I didn't ask for your opinion. I didn't ask what you felt like or what you wanted. I'm here to tell you. I know who you need. I'll get you there. Slap your neighbor and say, take somebody. We got to get out of this hole. I grew up in church like that. I grew up in church where my parents made me go to church. Still in that front. And I'd be so mad that I was there. My dad was like, you are going to either listen or sleep. And I was like, got it. <laughs> and I learned the art of sleeping in any circumstance. I can sleep anywhere. <laughs> and I can be asleep. My wife knows it. She's like, you can fall asleep in like less than 10 seconds. I have an art that has been developed because I was grown in the house. Of, no, that's not even part. <sighs> you get, you're going to get enough seed sown in you. It's, the Bible says you, you train up a child in the ways that they should go. They will not depart from it. You sow enough seed, I'm telling you, you will reap a harvest. But if you sow one seed and expect to reap a huge harvest, you ought to think again. Because this, this generational message of Gideon being the warrior that he needed to be, not just for him, but for everybody after him. And so Gideon tests the Lord. And as he tests the Lord, then the Lord shows up and shows him strong. And then after that, then God says, okay, gather some men. He gathers in his first attempt. Think about this. I don't know. I just, my family is not important. I'm not that skilled. I mean, I'm good looking. But, no, we have, uh, he goes all through these lists, right? And he talks about how he's not good enough. And then he's like, I can't do it, Lord. Are you sure I should do it? You ever done, I, this is, I, I bet I'm speaking to somebody. Like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure you want me to go to church again this week? You know, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And he does all these tests. And then guess what? His first attempt at gathering people, his first attempt, he says, hey, who will join me? Guess how many joined? 30,000 people joined <laughs> <laughs> you tell me he wasn't a leader that was just in hiding. I know I'm talking to some leaders that you have been in hiding. And when you step out for the first time, instead of waiting on Pastor Landon to talk, you're going to step out and thousands of people are going to start coming to the knowledge of Jesus of Christ because you're going to go from hiding and you're going to go into a place where you're like, I can't do it. And he gathered 30,000 people. And the Lord was like, that's too much. And his first test was like, oh, if you're afraid, imagine this. If I was like, you know what, guys? I know we got about seven or 800 people. But if you don't feel like coming back next week, don't come back. That would be a nightmare in my mind all week. <laughs> but he does this. He says, he goes, if you're afraid, go ahead and go. Guess how many left? 20,000 people <laughs> left that moment. And then after that, he does another test. And after he does another test, he says, okay, let's go down and drink by the water. Because the Lord said you still have too many, even with 10,000. And they're already way outnumbered. So he goes down by the water. And he says, if they drink with the hands on the ground and laugh it like a dog, and if they drink with a hand to the face, watching what's around them, let everyone who drinks on all fours go home. Let everyone who brings it to their face, being vigilant, realizing that even when you don't think you're in a battle, your enemy is still out there seeking to destroy you. He says, okay, I want you to be aware and vigilant. He says, you're going to keep them. And I bet Gideon was like, okay. I wish, I, I, I bet Gideon at some point was looking like, 
You know, think about it. Like if I was watching Glenn, come up here. Look how big Glenn is. Glenn was like, if Glenn was, if Glenn was standing next to me, and I'm like, he's going to stay. The moment Glenn would go like this, I'm like, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn. Glenn. Look around. Glenn. <laughs> I would be helping. Anyone I could. I'm not letting that arm go. I'm like, come on, in Jesus' name. Keep the warrior. Keep the warrior here. But you know who didn't? Guys like this. You know how I know who stayed? This is the saddest part. The worshipers. The musicians. Because the battle plan was to play trumpets. So these guys come down. I got all my little flute players. And they're going down and drinking the water. And that's the ones that, if I was getting, 9,700 out of the amount of 10,000 decided to lap waters like a, like a warrior, like a beast. And then the only a few <laughs> sipped the water. And he got to keep 300. I guarantee you, if I was getting I'd be like, oh, what? God, what are you doing? But God had a plan. And it wasn't about fighting. It was standing their ground. Oh, when the, when the battle time came, it wasn't about going and charging the enemy. It was that the, the people won by simply standing where God told them to stay. And he said, as long as you'll do that, I'll get the victory. And chaos ensued in the whole Midianite camp. Listen to me. This is, I, I can't, I'm going to preach more about this next week because I can't get into all of it this week. But the Midianite camp went crazy and started attacking each other. All because the people of God did not engage in a battle they were not supposed to fight, but stood where they should, and God won the battle for Stop getting involved in the world's chaos. God's got a battle plan, and he doesn't need you messing it up. <laughs> Man, I, I'm preaching really good, aren't I, Jenna? This is good. And, and, and I'm telling you right now, this is where the world has got the biggest issues. We, we, we want to, oh, but, but. Oh, we got all we're doing is going to church. All we're doing is praying, and all we're doing is reading the word, and all we're doing is all we're doing is bombarding the supernatural with tens of thousands of angels. And when we put them to flight, God does the work. When you do the worship, God does the work. When you go to church, God does the work. When you become the witness, God does the work. When you, when you become the warrior that He called you to be, oh man. Sit down. I'm just talking to you. Why are y'all so excited? I, I, this is, I didn't even preach this last service. Y'all have pulled something out of me. Preach, I'm telling you, preaching is only as good as the audience ever. When you pull, when you withdraw, just like Jesus, when Jesus talked with the woman at the well, he said, you just came for regular water, but I've got water if you'll pull from it. It'll be water that satisfies the rest of your life. And when you pull, you'll always get more. When the woman reached into her uh, vat that was empty, every time she reached in, after she put the Lord first, it was full. And every time she reached, it was full. And every time she reached, it was full. Why? Because when you go ahead and say, God, I'm putting a demand, God says, I have a supply. But the, the, the supply is only as good as the demand. Oh, man. The, the, the meal is only as good and as big. It's the appetite. So when you have this hunger that I can feel today, a hunger to say, God, I want to change the world. God, I didn't come here to watch church. I came here to be the church. God, I didn't come to another church just to see if they were just surviving and getting along like the last two I went to. I came to see if there was a church that is thriving and growing and healthy and vibrant and strong, passionate, energetic, loud, ready to go. I, 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 that's what I, I feel that in this room. I feel that online. I feel it. And God is calling us to redirect some of the ways we've been uh, seeing what he's calling us to do. Don't get engaged in all that. That's called chaos. The Bible says that the enemy deals chaos. You don't need to be in there. You need to be standing where you're supposed to. Why are you out there on another Facebook debate that you shouldn't? Why are you only liking drama stuff? Why do you only like that? 
Get out of it. Somebody say, get out of it. Woo! Feel it. Get out of that stuff. You don't need to be in it. And so Gideon, Gideon does this whole test, and God wins the battle, and they're free for a generation. Now let's start the message. So, <laughs> point number one. I'm not joking. Uh, there's three points I want to share with you this next two weeks, or this week and next week, about every warrior. And I'm going to give them to you right now, and then I'm going to take time to teach each one during these next couple weeks. The first one that I want you to write down is, every warrior has a cause worth protecting. Write it down. See those pens moving. See those little fingers typing. Every warrior has a cause worth protecting. And then second, every warrior has a fight worth winning. Every warrior has a fight worth winning. And then lastly, number three, every warrior has a kingdom worth building. A kingdom worth building. Let's talk about the cause today. The cause is what most of us get caught up in. We have a lot of causes out there in the world. Good causes. Uh, but what is a godly cause and what is a good cause may be point for discussion. Because sometimes we get caught up in a cause uh, that really we shouldn't be in. And if you're not careful, if you're not fighting for his cause, you'll get caught up fighting any cause. And God is calling you to fight for his cause, not fight every cause. Because when you get caught up saying, well, you stood up for them, do for this for us. Well, you did that, why don't you do this? And if you said that, why don't you say this? And if you thought, hey, you did that, why don't you, why don't you, if you help them, why don't you help me? And pretty soon you start fighting battles for everybody that you weren't called to fight for. And God is saying, you have taken the place of me in their life and you have become their champion. And I can't be their champion as long as you're being God to them. So please step out of the equation and let me be the God in your life, and let me give you the cause of your life. Because there's a lot of, we could talk about causes for days. A cause for pro-life, a cause to stand up for life, and the just, uh, stand up against sex trafficking, stand up against all kinds of, stand up against what schools are trying to teach our children and indoctrinate them with today. We can stand up for all kinds of stuff. We can stand up for, for, for equality and, and racial equality. We can stand up for all kinds of good things, but what has God called you to stand up for because pretty soon if you're fighting every man's cause you won't have time for God's cause and there are a lot of things that affect man today but won't affect eternity for you and you need to start seeing God I need to fight the right cause because the cause you have me fighting is an eternal cause that has an eternal effect some of the causes we get ourselves entangled in don't have an eternal effect they have a very temporal effect and if you're caught up with only the temporal, you'll never have an eternal perspective. And our job as believers is to have an eternal perspective. Every warrior has to have a cause worth protecting. You've got to get fired up every once in a while. Yeah. Amen. About, about, about the things of God, let's, start, let, if, if I, let's do it like this. When, when we talk about the world, you can get busy caught up in all this stuff, right, that you're taking care of and you're protecting all this other stuff, but you're not even protecting home. Right? I want to go, oh, them, and oh, oh, she said that, and they said this, and they did that, and they did that. And pretty soon you're fighting everybody else's battle, and home is being the only thing that's been neglected. And now the kids and the marriage are suffering. Now you're negative all the time. Now you're doubtful all the time. Now you're fearful all the time. And you take it out on those you love. Why? Because I'm now weary because I'm fighting a hundred fights I shouldn't even be involved in. Oh, this is... <laughs> And we got to let go and let God. That is not your fight. Slap your neighbor and say, it's not your fight. You don't need to fight that fight. You need to see what God has called you to do and where he's called you to be and who he's called you to be with. And stand up for those incredible, stand up for the things of God. You know, if a, if a guy came into my house trying to break into my home, I've got my wife and my baby girl. Man, you, do you, the, the papa bear, the, the warrior, the veins would all come <laughs> popping out. I, I, would, I would freak out in, a, in an unhealthy way. I would protect, I'd do whatever it takes. Some of you, you, you live your Christian life in a sense that the enemy keeps coming and attacking your home and your family, and you've become cool with it. And you just let, like, oh, well, he's just here again. 
No, man, if somebody came into my home, I would be protecting my home, my heart, my mind, my life. If, if social media is that gateway of the enemy getting into your life, you ought to fight. Oh, this is not Planet Fitness. You can get loud. It's okay. Gym intimidation is a good here, okay? Because if the devil's not intimidated that you're living for God, you ought to, you ought to get something shaking. The devil ought to quake. The devil ought to move a little bit that you have shown up, that you are protecting, that you are vigilant, that you are saying, I got a cause. I got a, I got a, I got a wife. I got kids. I got a family. I got brothers and sisters in Christ. Oh, you're going to attack my friend's marriage? Oh, no, you're not. I'm not going to pick a side. I'm going to go over there and pray for them. Some of us, we want to pick sides on who's right and who's wrong. But let me just tell you, it's not about picking sides. It's about picking a time to pray. And you need to pray for them. Instead of liking what they're talking oh. we, we got to let go of this. We got to have the right cause. Because you're fighting a bunch of foolish causes. And, and we got to let go and let God. We got to say, God, okay. You know, you're calling me to a greater cause. Preach the gospel. Make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You're calling me to a greater cause to go preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand that we ought to cast out demons, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. You're calling me to a greater cause that says wherever I walk, miracle signs and wonders shall follow. But I, I, I'm praying miracle signs and wonders shall follow, but I don't even have the fruit of love, peace, and joy in my life. I need to have some fruit before I see some signs. And I need to, if the fruit can be in my life, the signs will follow in my life. But if there's no fruit in your life, there'll be no signs in your life because you're fighting the wrong cause. Some of us need to start reading the Bible and watching Liam Neeson at the same time. Taking one, I'm going to protect my daughter. I have a specific skill set. I will find you. And Right? Taking number two, I'm going to protect my wife. I will find you. I will get you. Taking number three, you've got my family. Taking number four, you've got the world, and I'm taking you. Now, he, uh, watch Liam Neeson. Don't watch the wolf one. That doesn't end well. But watch... Get something in you. Watch the gladiator and read the Bible. Do something. to. We got a bunch of spineless Christians who have loud voices but no backbone. And God's saying, will you come out of hiding? Come out of that barrel. Come out of that place. Come out of that battle. Come out of that city. I need you here. I need you standing in the right place. You're fighting. No wonder you. See, you will never grow weary in well-doing. No amens. You, there are a lot of tired people who are in person and online. And let me tell you why. Because we don't have that equation right. You will never grow weary in well-doing. We get tired, not because we have the armor of God on us and we're fighting supernatural spiritual battles that every time we fight and pour out, God will fill us back in. But we're so busy fighting our own stuff and our own agendas and our own direction. And we come to church exhausted. By the, by the time we get into the preaching, five minutes into it, we're halfway. <laughs> like Landon used to be when he was a kid. I understand fatigue from battle. I don't understand fatigue from chaos. Let go. It's your choice. You can choose to hold on to the chaos or you can let go of the drama. You can let go of the, the, all that silly stuff. You can let go of, of trying to work seven different jobs that God never called you to work. And you can let go of some of those things and trust God. Because usually that's, it's a trust factor. And sometimes it's not even money of the equation. It's, well, what happens with all my time? I don't know what to do with God and me alone. What happened? Well, if I'm not doing busy and I'm not going and we're not doing and we're not having a lot of events and a lot of stuff going on, then what am I going to do with my spouse because we've never talked about it? I'm not ready to be a. This is where parents, let me just talk to dads and moms for a second. Like, this is where parents, I've watched it over and over and over again in ministry. You get to, they get to the point where they finally become empty nesters and they don't know what to do. And now there's a lot of time. Now there's a lot of conversations that never took place and difficult moments. And pretty soon, all of a sudden, somebody feels like they've grown apart. 
Maybe the passion's gone. Maybe the, no, 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 no. Maybe the grass looks greener over there. Well, it's only because for the last 10 years you haven't been watering your own grass. But if you start taking care of your field, that field won't even look good. You won't even want to look over there. If I thought you were never meant to compare yourself to anybody or your spouse to anybody, especially sexually. And, and let me just talk to you for a little bit because this is, this is why pornography is so dangerous. Is because you begin to compare your spouse. You were never meant to see anybody naked except for your spouse. Hallelujah. How easy would life be if you didn't know what anything else looked like? I know we got some little ears, so I'm trying to be careful here, folks. But let me just tell you, we, we, need, we need to stop. We need to get back and take care of. I, I need to sow into my marriage and sow into my life. and sow in, So first, sow into me because I'm trying to, I'm trying. I, I, the reason I can't take care of here is because I'm not filled here. And I can't give what I don't have. And so that's why a lot of people are like, why do you go to church on Tuesday and Wednesday and Sunday and all the time? And why do you go to prayer? Why do you go to life group? Why do you go to marriage ministry? Not because my marriage is falling apart. It's because I want my marriage to be healthy. It's because I want to be filled. It's because I want to be poured into. It's because I want to be encouraged. I cannot afford to let myself grow empty because I have people counting on me. I wish that somebody would begin to see that perspective. You treat your relationship with God like a camel, and you get filled once a month, and you're like, I'll make it till next time. And God's like, that's not going to last. No wonder you feel like you're always wandering in a desert when you live it like an animal that lives in a desert. You're not created to do that. You were created as a human being, a child and a daughter, a son of God. I've got to get to these next five points that are within this one point. <clears throat> Page one. <laughs> Here we go. I want to talk to the men just a minute. I'm going to give you a list because what, what happens is I've seen and I want to help teach because you can't expect to see what you don't teach, right? If you, you can't expect people's prayer life to go up, you don't teach about prayer. So when we teach about men having a cause, I need to give men a cause because usually what men have a problem is, is they become a, a husband and a father and they had no father example. They had no husband example. They had no healthy example. So now they're trying to do something they never knew how to do. And, and a lot of times what I hear dads is, I'm just doing the best I can. So I, how do you expect to be great at it when you don't even know what it is? So can I shape that for you for a little bit? Can we take a few minutes to talk to the men? Okay, here we go. These are the five things that every man needs to be. Every man needs to know and needs to be. Number one, write this down, a provider. Every man needs to be a provider. Now, for all my hardworking men out there, I know a lot of men out there, you're hard workers. You're a hard worker. You put in the hours because you bring home the? Oh, hallelujah. And you bring home the bacon, but guess what? Breakfast isn't complete without eggs and toast and juice. There's a little bit more to that breakfast than just bacon. Okay, and all bacon is is unhealthy fat to begin with. So let's rephrase some of this and let's bring home something a little healthier. Right? Let's bring home. So we need to be providers, not just financially, but emotionally. We need to be providers. We need to be providers mentally. Guys, I don't know how many times that I hear kids saying, Dad, will you help me with this? I don't know how to do this homework problem. And Dad say, I don't know. Go ask your and mom usually becomes the homeschool teacher first before the dad because dad refuses to say, I need to challenge myself and I need to read a book every once in a while. And maybe I'll go ahead. And this is, I'm, guys, I'm preaching myself because my, when my daughter is born, I guarantee I'm going to have to go through second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade all over again. I failed geometry. I'm not acting like I'm the smart one in the room. Trust me. I, I, I was not, I failed classes. I wasn't good. They wanted to hold me back in school. And my mom was like, my boy is not mentally challenged. He is going to go. And he's going to move on to the next grade. And I'm like, yes, I will. And so my mom helped me move on. I'm not that guy. I'm not the smart one, okay? So I'm going to have to do this all over again. I hope I have a man or two in my life that says, Landon, you need to stop putting it on Emily. And you need to go ahead. And you need to be a provider for your kids mentally, too. And you need to challenge them and encourage them that you can be sharp, too, and have a couple answers every once in a while now don't be the other side of the spectrum where you have every answer balance it out right so it's emotionally it's mentally it's physically take your kids out for a walk and a hike I know a lot of guys do that man I think that's incredible go out take them hunting you know spend time 
I, I, one of the regrets I have with my dad is we didn't do a lot outside or together. We did a lot of ministry, but him and I have reconciled and talked about this since then. But one of the things that he didn't do is I, we never did anything on a car, so I know nothing about how to work on cars. Uh, we, we never built anything, so I, I never really learned how to build anything. So every time my wife is like, hey, will you change the battery? I'm like, we will find somebody. <laughs> she's like, you know, hey, you know, can we build? I, th- I was thinking about it. She's a designer, guys. This woman, like, decorates and designs everything. So she's always wanting to build something. So I'm like, yeah, I think I got a guy or two. Where's, where's Ben? <laughs> I'm looking for, like, you know, come on over here, buckaroo. We're going <laughs> to you know, figure this out. I'm going to pay you, and you're going to act like I helped you. <laughs> But I, I didn't have those. I, I didn't have that growing up. So I, I, didn't, I, I didn't. But it was a. It's a hurt. It became a pain in my area where it, where it became a place of offense that I held towards my father, and then it became a place of bitterness, and that bitterness became resentment. Okay, I, my dad. My dad is a great dad. I love my dad. Uh, I want nothing more than to please my dad. But I, I began to hold offense to the, one of the number one people in my life because. That was an area that he just, he, he neglected me in. It's not that he's a bad man. Hear me out. I'm not, pre- again, I'm not preaching down. I'm saying, I've been through there. I'm going to try to be better. I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to do better. Now, my dad always showed up for my sporting game, right? So he did all that kind of stuff. So there's all kinds of pieces in this providing uh, part that we need to understand rather than just money. Can everybody say a good amen? amen. Number two, be a protector. Be a protector. Every warrior, every man needs to be a protector. See, I, I used to have conflict in my heart with this at the beginning. You want to know why? Because I know scripture. And when you know scripture, it's hard to reconcile in your mind and in your heart where God is where God is, and where you should be. And when you hear that God is your protector, he's your strong tower, he's your defender, he's, your, he's the one who vindicates you, he's the one who fights your back, it's hard to reconcile, well, then I should just sit back. And no, 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 don't sit back. When you feel the, 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 the protection, anointing coming upon you, it's because you were created in his image and filled with his spirit. And you are called to be a protector by God, however you got to be a protector, because God called you to be the protector of your home. There are girls that come into this church, and they are broken, and they are hurting, and they don't have a male figure in their life. But God brings them into this house, and you want to know why? Because he brings them into a safe place that a man of God can speak something into their life and not have an agenda. That a man can pour something over them and not have a desire. But a man can say, hey, you are protected here. You are safe here. You are not going to be manipulated here, used here, abused here, and wanted for other desires here. You are in a sanctuary. And guys, we need to create sanctuary spaces for the people we love. I believe that this is a huge piece that the body of Christ needs to continue to get better in. Too many kids getting sexually abused at church. Too many women coming into church only to be preyed upon. Too many people coming to church who have a little bit of money seen by other people only to be abused to take what they have. We need to be a protector. That's why I don't allow certain things at this church. You may not see how it's handled. You may not even know how it's handled. But there are certain things that we will not tolerate in this church. You want to be dramatic? Guess what? It's only a matter of time before I ask you to go find another church. Because I am not going to let you infest and infect other people. I'm going to protect people. I'm going to protect people who like to be quiet and who like to be loud. Amen. I want to protect people. We need to be a protector. Say, okay, let's do this. We need to be a place where, where people can come in and say, man, I just felt so encouraged and so strong. I felt so challenged and called. A protected place. Number three, this is huge. Number three, you need to be a promoter. How many have ever heard this before? I believe I can do anything because my mama told me or said it. Right? I believe I can go anywhere because mama said so. My, 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 mama said alligators are ornery. <laughs> I, I, sorry, that's how my mind works. My mama told me when I was younger, you are beautiful and handsome. You are smart. 
You could, oh, you want to play basketball, son? You will be the best basketball player. And my mom would come to my games and had no clue how to cheer. You get that touchdown. This is basketball. You say it again, you can't come back. I don't know how many times I got made fun of. That's his mom. Just talk about her, he'll lose it. But it's sad that we, we always relate promotion to mom, not to dad. I don't think I'm talking to a bunch of men who don't promote their kids. I think I'm talking to a bunch of men who do. And I believe that there is going to be a new generation. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel there will be a new generation that says, I grew up believing I can be the best daughter, the best son I can be. Because my dad loved me, protected me, promoted me. He said, I can do it. He stood by me. He showed up. When I messed up, he picked me up. When I fell, he picked me up. When he kept on cheering me on. He became my loudest cheerleader. Why? Because that's what a dad can be promoter but sometimes we have a problem with promotion because if somebody it's even in our friend circles not just in families when somebody starts to do better when a son starts to go farther than the father sometimes we have a problem with insecurity because we're like wait are they better than me wait how are they doing better than me wait how are they going far how they get we start looking at other families on facebook oh yeah they got a new car wonder where that came from <laughs> did you see they went on another vacation I bet it's all on credit cards. <laughs> How about, oh my God, they got to go on vacation. You got a new car? Oh yeah, all right. You got a new house? Oh, you're doing good? Oh, your finances are good? Oh my gosh, come on. When was the last time you posted a promotion about somebody else rather than yourself? And we started saying, oh, yes, come on, let's share. When was the last time we promoted our church that we go to? And we took a selfie at church and said, God, I'm thankful for where I go, and I'm going to promote where I go because I'm proud of where I go. And we need to promote each other. We need to promote our, we need to promote our friends and our family. And instead of saying just because they got the spotlight, when you start celebrating other people's victories, God will give you your victories. But when you're always jealous of what has happened in someone else's life, God will always leave you in that place until you decide to deal with it. You have to let that go. You have to be a promoter. Last two points. Number four, profit. You have to be the prophet. Oh, this is huge. I want you to write this down. If you didn't write that down, you need to write it down right now. Every man... In fact, every woman, every person, you need to be the prophet of your home. You need to be the prophet of your home because when all hell breaks loose, you're the only one who can speak hope into tomorrow. When, when everything starts to go awry, and it, how many spouses are like this? She had a good day, but you had a bad day. And then you, vice versa. And then it flip-flop. And you're doing positive, but she's doing negative. And then it went back and forth. It's why? Because you're supposed to compliment each other. And when they're not doing well, you can say, oh, no, devil, not today. No, my wife will do well. My kids will do well. We will have a good day. We will be happy today. We will smile today. We are going to have fun today. We're going to do better today. And you begin to declare because only... Only the children of God can become the prophet of God. The word of God in the earth that the Holy Spirit works in you and through you to declare things that no one else can speak. So when the world looks crazy, you can declare peace. When your home looks chaotic, you can declare truth. And God can continue to use you as the prophet of your home to say, yeah, my marriage will get better. Don't worry, devil, I'll give you, like Pastor Jeff preached last week, I'll give you a day going to get better. Last one is this, point number five in this point number one is priest. You need to be the priest. That means so much. It means that you're not just trying to be in charge. You're trying to be the healer. Every guy likes to talk about, I am the king of my castle. Right? When you're in charge, you don't have to tell people you're in charge. When, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you right now, when I walk into this church, I don't have to tell you who's in charge. Number one, I know God's in charge. Number two, I know he put me in charge. So I don't need to ask anybody. I don't need to tell nobody. That's just how it is. When you walk into your home, if you have to keep telling your wife that you're in charge, something is not right. 
If you have to keep telling your kids who's in charge, something's not right. I know there are days for correction, but there, if it's a, if it's a, a continual situation, you have to be able to walk in like the priest of your home and say, no, no, I didn't come here to just be in charge. I came here to be a healing portion of this. I came here to be a part that says we're not just going to be healed. We're going to go to the Lord. And I need, I need to be the one that brings you to the Lord. I need to be the one that brings you just like the priest would bring you before the Lord. I need to be like the priest and bring every, all of our cares, all of our sin, all of our shame. All, when was the last time not a mom but a dad grabbed the whole family and said, we're going to the altar today. And we're going to pray until we get what we came for. When was the last time that a dad said, hey, you know what? We're going to stop everything and we're going to worship for a minute. We're going we're gonna to pray. We're, I'm going to lead you to the Lord. Because as the priest of your home, you're supposed to bring them to the Lord. And there shouldn't be... There shouldn't be questions about that. My kids will never have to ask me, Dad, are we going to church this Sunday? Never. I'm going to write a little mini book, questions that should never be asked. What questions have to be asked in your home? Are we Christians? What are we? A little kid asking his dad. Do we worship? What church do we go to? Because I feel like we've been to 30. Where do we belong? What was the last time? It got, it got deathly quiet in here. We, we, where, where, where was the last time we had, that we could eliminate some of those questions? My kids will, we ought to write a little, you ought to write your own little pamphlet. Questions my kids will never ask again. Questions my wife will, ne my wife will never have to ask, honey, are we going to put the Lord first in our tithe? No, 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 no. We will always put the Lord first in everything we do. Uh, 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 what do we, I, uh, all those questions, those should not be asked when you are the priest. This is your cause. Back to point one. Your cause is not the world's cause. Your cause is the word of God. Your cause, just because it is, it, it, it is so in socially charged does not mean it is spiritually led. You need to let go of all that and you need to grab a hold of the spirit. Just as, because it's important to the world does not mean it came from his word. We need to let go and we need to understand our cause. I'm called to be the prophet, priest. My cause is protecting, providing. This is my cause. This is what I say. Somebody needs to write this on the entryway of your door. This is what we do. This is who we are. So when people come in, they at least have a warning. <laughs> and when your kids leave, they know who they are. I, I believe that this could be a, a changing piece of transformation in every home if we decide to say yes to his cause instead of their chaos. Why don't you stand with me? Yeah, we can give God some praise. And as you're standing, I want to pray with you. And our prayer team is down here at the front. If you want to give your life to Jesus today, be a prayer today. Come down, be a part of this. You need a Bible, you need a book, you need Right Now Media. It's available to you. Uh, I, I want to thank you for coming today, but I want to thank the Holy Spirit for speaking today. Uh, can I just take a moment and ignore you for a second? Holy Spirit, I thank you, God, for just using me as a conduit and just speaking through me. I, you changed some things up. You said some things that not were just, Lord, random, but relevant. And I thank you, Lord, that you spoke truthfully and powerfully today. And I pray if anybody's never heard a leading of the Holy Spirit, that they would be able to bear witness and understand that that's what that looks like, to hear God and move with God and speak with God. And now I want to pray with you. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for every single person under the sound of my voice. And I pray that, Lord, we would accept your cause and not the world's crisis. And, Lord, I thank you, God, that we are letting go of all the crisis so we stop feeling like we're in crisis. And, Lord, I thank you when we let go of their chaos and crisis, we're going to get a new effect because for every cause, there is an effect. And I thank you, God, that we are going to have a new effect in our home, a new effect in our marriage, a new effect in our finances, a new effect, Lord, for our hearts, our minds, our spirit, our soul, God, for our businesses, a new effect for our city because there is a new cause 
that has been taken. And just like Gideon got out of the threshing floor, step into his place of victory. God, we will step into our place of victory when we take on the cause of the warrior. And I thank you that this will be a generational cause. Everybody who needs us, I want you to raise your hand if you need a generational cause right now. And you need your next generation, the generation coming after you or before you needs to be touched. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for every, Lord, generation that's about to be blessed right now. And I pray a special blessing of victory, Lord, of championship, Lord, over each and every one of them. That the battles they win today are for the victories they'll have tomorrow. And I thank you, God, Lord, that you are speaking tried and true to your people, called by your name. And, Lord, Lord, the generations that come after us will be blessed because of us. And I thank you, Lord, that we will become the fathers and mothers and leaders and men and women of God that you created us to be. And we will take on the assignment of the warrior. For every warrior needs the right cause. And I thank you, Lord, for the cause that you put in us. And for right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed here and online... If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're going to make that decision today. It's going to be a strong commitment, powerful commitment. You're going to step out of that threshing floor and say, God, I'm not going to live in weakness anymore. I'm not going to live there. I'm stepping out to become the warrior. And I need you in my life. And if that's you, nobody looking around, I want you to raise your hand right now, and I'm going to pray with you. Thank you for that hand, that hand, that hand. Keep, yep, raise them high, that hand. I can see you. Come on, raise your hand, raise your hand. Thank you for those online. Thank you for that one in the back. Thank you, Lord, for the hands being raised, the hearts being open. For every hand that's raised and heart that's open, I want everybody under the sound of my voice to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I, receive you now I receive you now as my Lord, as my, Lord, as my, Savior, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I'm, forever yours. I'm forever yours. And I am saved. In Jesus' name. Everybody shout it. Amen. 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 Awesome. Show up next week for part. Okay, let's speak this declaration and be dismissed. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully. Love deeply and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I am blessed this gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you, Bridge. We're so glad you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ, or rededicating your life to Christ, send us an email at info at weirbridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you're joining our Bridge Church family online for the first time, we have a very special gift for you. Send us an email at info at weirbridge.church to share some information on where we can send you that gift. We're so glad you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Be sure to stay connected because we're so much better together. Yeah.